Oh boy. That was cap. We're we're going. We're of live. course we are. Of course we are. Before we begin, I just want to say that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Marlboro cigarettes. No, it is not. <laughs> what is wrong the cool, with you? Clean taste of Marlboro cigarettes, like that handsome cowboy they used to have in the billboards. What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's not really. You shouldn't smoke cigarettes, or probably anything else. And this podcast is not sponsored at this moment by anybody in the cigarette realm. However, we do have a new uh, supplement uh, sponsor. In fact, it's, that's tougher than it seems to say. Apparently. Oh, my Jeez, God. What is going on today? Tell us a little bit about if you're trying to brush up on your, your mint game. Core Nutritionals. Use code RYE, capital R, capital Y, capital E at checkout to save... Potentially a ton of cash, depending on how much you buy. Anything from proteins, different protein powders, to creatine, if you're trying to get huge. There are some multivitamins. There are some thermogenics, if you're trying to get absolutely diced before pool season. If you're We're coming get, up on it. If you're trying to get peeled. What about intra-workout? There's you're trying to get carbs intra-workout? Yep, there's intra-workout with caffeine, without caffeine. Basically everything. So many options. Yeah, everything you can imagine. Well, so you can order. If you have questions about that prior to making your order, reach out to one of us. We can help you decide what works best for you or what you can include or should include uh, in terms of supplementation. There's also core balls. We tried core balls the other day. Excellent. Yeah. Pretty oh, good. you guys got you got to try them. I saw. We did. Miss yeah. Christine posted that she had gotten some to share share with the class. <laughs> she is a teacher, so she had some to share with the class. It's like, uh, it's one like, to ten. What what were your thoughts? Give it to me. Uh, I'd say probably like an eight and a half, nine. Oh. Ten. I don't know what a ten would be. So. Yeah. Does ten even exist? No. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be a pretty powerful, pretty life-altering protein ball for it to be a 10. Is yeah. a West Coast brownie a 10 in your book? Oh, yeah, but that you can't even compare that to... That, that right, is like zero on, nutritional... But, it, but it's, on, <laughs> it's on a scale, right? So it's like to give a sense, right? Uh, one would be you're drinking ketchup water. Gross. <laughs> you know what I mean? The water. If you're thinking about this at home, ladies and gentlemen, the water that's in the mustard or ketchup bottle that comes out sometimes, imagine drinking like a tumbler of that. And then ask yourself <laughs> how many dollars, American dollars, it would take for you to drink a tumbler of ketchup water. A tumbler? Like a typical six, tumbler six, 16 is... 16 ounces. Uh, that's, that's a lot. Shaker glass. Gross. Here's a question. Follow-up <laughs> question. For $100 million, would you... Oh. Punch your significant other in the face. She'd do it for free. <laughs> zero, zero dollars. I would not. <laughs> There'd be a point where I'd be like, if it's like 500 bucks, but just do it. Do it. <laughs> Give it to me. Do it. <laughs> do it. Uh, yeah, I'd feel like somebody would have to teach me how to punch first because I don't want to break anything in my hand by punching someone inappropriately. You just open hand it. We just slap you. Slap you. <laughs> full on like... <laughs> That I can do. That 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 Have I don't ever? need lessons to do. That have I ever slapped someone? Him. No. No. Oh, jeez. <laughs> How much would it take for you to have uh, somebody like Stylebender kick you in the shin or kick <laughs> you in the leg? <laughs> I don't know. 
It's like a they lot. give a ton of money, but they could break your leg potentially. <laughs> I've already broken my leg. Well, that's, so that's where that comes into yeah. play. You just have for, them kick yeah, the one that's like got a, a bunch of metal in it for like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, you just take, million. Yeah, take, it's like take six rehab, months. Just yeah. have them shatter your femur. Yeah. <laughs> no, because um, you just kick the metal one. Then they get more hurt than you do, and you got a bunch of money. Uh, but it, like sometimes I'll like bonk it off of something and it hurts so bad. I bet it does. I have to like take a couple minutes. Take a second. I bet it does. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay. Well, all of that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> Zero. Nothing and not even a preview of what we're going to talk about today. It was purely for entertainment and potentially a complete waste of your life. It's okay. You can just... You... If if you don't enjoy the beginning banter of this, you can just assume that you could fast forward... Five minutes. Five minutes, five minutes of the podcast. <laughs> or just don't listen. I mean, I don't, you know, come on. It's fine. Take it easy. Uh, so that being said, Rye, what are we talking about today? Warming up. Warming up. It's warming up outside. Finally. Oh, it is warming up outside, isn't it? It, it? This weather can't make up its mind. One thing about Ohio, it's rather depressing. Spring is like every season rolled into one, like from six in the morning until midnight at night. As opposed to the other midnight. Midnight at night. Yeah. Yeah. I did say that, didn't I? Hmm. Anyway. I had trouble my first time, too. Oh, so boy. we're going to warm up for doing exercises. Yes. And this is a little bit of a nebulous topic because it really depends on the person. And the trouble with that is that oftentimes people tend to brush aside their warm-up or they sort of get caught up in the moment and uh, don't do it optimally. And this is an issue because in an acute sense, it can lead to injury but it can also uh, just lead to you not getting what you want to get out of your session. So if we're chronically not warming up properly, we shouldn't necessarily be surprised if we're not expressing the movements we're supposed to do with optimal uh, rep ranges, loads, technique, etc. For sure. And I think on the other end, obviously, we'll, we will touch base on uh, the people that love to warm up. And spend probably way too much time warming up. Uh, so their warm-up's like 45 minutes and then their workout is 30. <laughs> They're on the foam roller and they have the, the crossover symmetry going and the whole Everything. The whole deal. All the things. Bands and Bands, ropes uh, and lacrosse ball in their mouth. Whatever. Yeah. 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 So, so why don't we pick a given movement and get maybe to give people a little bit of uh, a sense of where we're at. Why don't we talk about... Um, what we would do to do that. So why don't we take something like back squat um, and how we approach that? Because I think we're all sort of different. For sure. I think uh, with back squats, for me, it's a movement that uh, doesn't really require a lot of warm-up um, in terms of uh, movements outside of beginning to do back squat. Uh, if it's you know the first time I'd squatted for the day, then I may just pop down in the bottom of a squat uh, for a little bit, shift side to side, open up my hips, maybe even get a couple thoracic turns um, in there because my thoracic just tends not to move freely in squats, which is why I have some low back issues with that. Um, but just being kind of cognizant of that. Um, and then maybe hit a couple with the empty barbell. And then if I'm training higher weight, uh, it may look like going from 95, 135, 155, and then whatever my starting weight is. 
All right. So it, it, with this, we'll uh, we'll talk about. So Amanda's training for hypertrophy. So she's training to basically make her muscles bigger to alter her physique. We'll go to Ryan next, who for the last two blocks has been training for strength. So obviously, uh, there's not a direct relationship between getting stronger and physical muscle size, um, though the opposite is true. So uh, the loads are heavier with strength training, and the rep range is generally uh, smaller. So, yeah, so mine's similar in the sense that <clears throat> I'll probably hit a couple, like, air squats or just pop down into a squat. Uh, maybe a little Russian baby maker, so take my feet out wider than my squat stance and hang out down there for a second. Uh, and then usually a couple reps with the empty bar and then maybe a few groiners, and then I start 135, 185, 225, and go up from there. Um, usually kind of as I go, I don't spend a ton of time in terms of, like, without any weight or without squatting because I find that I get more out of getting warmed up by those first initial jumps. So I'll probably do more reps, maybe 8 to 10 with 135 and 185. And then by the time I get to 225, uh, I'm more focused. Everything's generally loose and warm, so I'm more focused on getting warmed up for maybe the more technical aspects that you have to focus on, obviously with everything, but as you get a little bit higher in weight, uh, you have to be a little bit more dialed in with how everything's moving because there's a little bit less margin for error. Yeah. And so I would also fall into the category of the last several training blocks of training for hypertrophy. So relatively larger rep ranges, relatively lighter weight. Um, so I've noticed that I tend to be a lot tighter in the morning, but just because of my schedule, that's when I tend to squat is in the mid to late morning. Um, so oftentimes I'm coming in and I still feel pretty tight. I don't feel great. Um, so traditionally what I would do is hit groiners, which is like, uh, if you're familiar, not familiar with that, but familiar with uh, yoga, it's like a lizard stretch, a sort of a, or a hurdler stretch. Um, and then a Russian baby maker, same thing. And then do some uh, bottom squat holds, either with the empty barbell or with a kettlebell. And then start to build in there. And, and the weight jumps would look similar to rise. Uh, as of late, just because I found it, it helps me potentiate squatting better, is I'll actually forego a lot of that and warm up on the leg press. So I'll lie in the leg press and build in weight there. Um, and I found that actually gets me a lot looser and warmer if I need to squat in the morning um, than if I was doing that previous routine. So that's one element that we'll probably touch on is that your way of warming up may not stay stagnant. Sometimes you might find something that helps you get into the movement a little bit better. Um, and oftentimes it depends on what variation of the movement pattern you're doing. So you may warm up differently for barbell back squat than you do for hack squat, just because the one is a little bit more forgiving in terms of position and mobility. So all of us kind of do somewhat different things, but variants of the same thing. So I think maybe now it would make sense to jump to why, and then we can start to talk about particulars and reps and maybe your what a potentiating set is and all that stuff. So um, I wrote down a couple reasons of why we would warm up, but maybe I'll turn it to you guys and 
just a few words about why you think, like for you personally, what you're looking to get out of the warm-up. Like, so you don't have to get scientific, but just like, what, what do you, where do you want to be at the end of it? Well, I mean, obviously it's pretty self-explanatory. Your goal is to warm up your, mo- your body. Uh, we want to get our temperature up, especially in colder days. Um, I know for me, it's a little bit harder to get moving. Um, and so in doing that, um, I'm getting comfortable within the movement pattern, starting to feel weight on my back um, and ensuring that, you know, all of my can- my mechanics are working appropriately. So I'm able to get to the bottom of my squat. I'm not shifting forward in my into my toes. I'm able to grip the ground with my feet. I'm focusing on engaging my core and maintaining a proper brace. Um, and you know oftentimes if i've got a tempo or a pause somewhere in the that squat the warm-up allows me to uh kind of dial that in so that i am able to get the most out of my working sets that i can yeah i'd say you covered just about everything i was going to say sometimes you can be generally warm so if you maybe do a general warm-up prior to warming up each movement which I think is something we all prescribe to just about all of our clients. Um, sometimes your those joints or those movement patterns are still a little bit stiff. So that's the main thing for me on top of kind of potentiating so that first set doesn't feel extremely heavy and awful, which we'll talk about, um, is getting my hips loose because I generally find that on my first couple times below parallel, they're pretty tight and it's pretty uncomfortable. So if I went straight into a weighted squat, um, it would obviously be extremely uncomfortable, but then also pretty high risk for injury. So I think kind of like, if you think about if you are riding a bike and you haven't ridden it for since last summer, sometimes you have to give the brakes a few pumps or put some uh, oil on the chain or whatever so it runs smoothly. It's the same idea with this. So if you just hop on and ride it, maybe you're able to actually ride it, but maybe the bike isn't working the, to the best of its extent. So same idea with this. We want to be making sure that everything is nice and lubricated and able to move. And that's exactly how those joints work, right? So you want to get some blood flow in there in addition to your muscles. So everything is has a free path to move in whatever range of motion it is. You guys hit it. So I had written down, number one is to prime your nervous and muscular system. And that's sort of just to f- f- uh, feel the movement gradually feel better. You know, I see this all the time where your first warm-up set, which might be 200 pounds below your actual working weight, uh, feels like garbage. And you're like, oh, I don't know how this is going to go. But by the time as you gradually slowly warm up and work your way up to your working weight, you actually feel, by the time you get there, you feel great. And so I think this is, you know, maybe a two-pronged thing is that's why we're doing this is it literally primes your muscular and nervous system, but it also allows you to work out the technical kinks and sort of go into the second thing, which is to physically warm up to get your body temperature up, which leads, both of those lead to the third thing, which is safety. Um, The analogy would be if you were going to do your working sets of back squatting at 500 pounds, you wouldn't go empty bar 500 pounds (laughs) no right regardless of what your what your top back squat was you would not do that nobody does that 
And so, but unfortunately, what we see a lot of times in in in-person setting is people either basically going right to their working weight. And that is, can, you know, at best be suboptimal because your first working set may not be as smooth as you want it to be. At worst, it can be very injurious. Going from like not warming up, lunging at all to a significantly heavy working set can legitimately be dangerous in terms of your balance, puts a lot of pressure on things like your adductor, um, and it's not great. So the you know that's kind of the why. And I think what we need to get into now is maybe a little bit of an explanation of, of how to break yourself out of the pattern of not being intentional and mindful with your warm-ups. Because I think there's some things that we see in terms of people falling into traps that could be avoided if they just stopped for a second and kind of thought about it. And hopefully in coming off of this conversation, you will. Um, so why don't we go through, we'll go around the horn again. Why don't we each articulate one kind of warm-up mistake we've seen with people and how that could be corrected? Um, I think <clears throat> one of the big things that I see a lot of times is people just not putting intention in their warm up and they're like, oh, okay, I'm benching today. So, you know, I'm going to take the barbell out of the rack. I'm not going to set it. I'm just going to bring it down to my chest and press it and bounce it and blah, 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 and rack it. Okay. I'm good and warm. And at the end of the day, like you really did nothing but kind of like bend your arms using a barbell. Um, so you really haven't primed your system. You're not ready to actually bench. And so then going into a working weight or adding weight to that, and you're like, oh crap, like why is this so hard? Like I still have another 30 pounds I have to put on this barbell. And it's like, well, yeah, because you didn't really pay attention or put any intention in that first thing. Even though it is just a barbell, it's the first time you've moved in that way for the day and your body needs to know, oh, okay, so this is how I should move. This is uh, the way I'm protecting myself by bringing and locking my shoulders into a good position. I'm controlling that barbell to my chest and driving it back up. I'd say mine maybe isn't like a blaring mistake. There's a million other things you could do worse, but it just bothers me, I guess. Um, is if your prescribed reps are 12, we'll say, you're trying to hit sets of 12, then you do people, I've seen clients take all of their warm-up sets and do sets of 12 because that's what the prescribed number is. So maybe you're 10 pounds under, your last warm-up set is 10 pounds under your working weight. So if we wanna be working at 185, you take your last one at 175, but they'll do a set of 12 at 175, which isn't, bad necessarily but you're kind of tiring yourself you're doing more than you have to at that point so i'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more in terms of as you get heavier and uh potentiating yourself that doesn't necessarily that's not necessarily what we want to do because then you're taking away from the stimulus that you could be getting from your actual working weight yeah i think those are both good examples that we see frequently um, and I think it's important to keep in mind that a lot of this stuff is not self-evident, which is exactly why we're doing a podcast about it. Um, it is stuff that's important, but we are cognizant of the fact that it, there's no like instruction manual anywhere in many cases that indicates to you how your warm-up set should look, and you're just sort of winging it until somebody chats to you about it. Um, you know, I think sometimes we see people take 
either like what you said, Amanda, where people aren't intentional about their warmups. Um, so if you're going to do your working, you know, uh, bench press sets at 185 pounds, you doing a couple sets or a couple reps, sorry, with the empty barbell doesn't do anything for you. It needs to be something that has some heavier weight than that. It might be push-ups or something like that, or or very light bench press weight. But again, you have to look at the reality of like, does a given thing help you get ready to do the movement? And sure, if doing some empty barbell work does help potentiate the movement for you, then you absolutely should do it. If you're just doing it because you saw somebody else in the gym do it, that's a horrible reason. Um, And that's a situation where you'd want to talk to a coach about what exactly would be best for you to do. I think uh, sometimes what we don't see, unfortunately, is people start uh, thinking about where they're going to end in terms of, it's it's a weird way to say it, but where they're going to end in terms of their starting weight. So what their first working set is going to be and working backwards from there in terms of what their warm-up jumps should look like. Um, so you're seeing people who are trying to get to a relatively high number and they're doing like 10 or 20 pound jumps and they end up wasting a ton of energy because they're taking six warm-up sets to get there. Um, and then you see the opposite problem where people are taking one or two to get to for them what is in a relative sense a high number and they're just physically not ready when they get to that. And it doesn't look good. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't inspire confidence. Uh, when they get there and and obviously they set themselves up to potentially be less successful than they could be. Um, So I think those are things that we can avoid. Um, How many reps should a warm-up set be and how far apart should your warm-up sets be? How long do we need to rest in between? Uh, So I'll speak in terms of hypertrophy because obviously that's where I'm at currently. Um, so again, if we're going with the back squat example, um, and my working weight is at 180 pounds, um, again, it may look like, uh, my goal is somewhere between seven and 12 reps, uh, for my working sets. Um, it may look like my warm up goes 95 uh, and I may do six or seven right so getting to that low end range in terms of my reps um, doing multiple while it's lighter uh, and then I may go down to like four or five at 135 uh, and then go down maybe two or three at 155 and then if I feel like 155 still didn't feel great then I may make a jump to like 175 and do one or two there um, just to kind of prime myself or prepare myself uh, then for my first working set at 185. I'd say from a strength perspective for <clears throat> focusing on strength training rather than hypertrophy it's not really that different so the way I go about it is maybe starting at 10 reps from the lightest warm-up weight so 135 and then maybe going down by two or three reps with each weight jump I make so uh, 10 reps at 135 and then 185 would probably be like seven reps and then probably five at 225, four, three or four at 275, and then 315 would be probably two. And then from there, if I'm working at like 385, if I'm gonna hit like a top single at 385, I would hit singles all the way past 315. So 
345, 365. And then from there, I'd probably just do it. So that's kind of where it comes into that place of where we're talking about if you're like, you're wasting energy. So if I were to take like 20 pound jumps or 10 pound jumps and hit 365, 375, 380, and then 385 is my top one, that's such a high percentage that I'm wasting tons of energy when I don't need to be. So same thing, if I, if I did 365 and it felt awful, maybe I'll do another one at 365 or maybe 375, but generally I'll go down and hit singles after I get past that like maybe 85% of my one rep max. But that's also just personal to me because I don't like that feeling of like, that was a tough triple let me go heavier and then I'm going to hit a single. Yeah. And I think that it's important to obviously understand in this is that we're giving you our perspective on how we warm up. And obviously this is conditional on you and where you are in your training. If you're doing hypertrophy, if you're doing strength and where you are in terms of numbers. And so obviously we're speaking about where we are in terms of weight. Um, and you may be like, yeah, I'm nowhere near that. So what does that mean for me? Um, again, I think using that 85 80, 80 to 85% of where you are going to be working at uh, is a great way to kind of judge your next to last warm up set, right? And kind of working backwards from there. Um, and then knowing again, just how much warm up you need for a given movement. Yeah, the numbers, I'm just making up numbers. The numbers themselves don't make any difference. Uh, the goal is to get you warm. Um, so how I do it is really dependent on what the goal is. So if it's hypertrophy training, and I know that I'm going to be doing bigger sets, either whether it's in the 5 to 10 rep range, the 10 to 20 rep range, or even in the 20 to 30 rep range, it's going to dictate uh, kind of how I warm up. However, the numbers for me, whether it's strength or hypertrophy, we'll say strength being 3 to 6 reps, um, or potentially 1 to 3, depending on the, the goal, um, I tend to do fives all the way up. Now, uh, the caveat to that would be if you're training for strength and you are getting to a high number relative to your one rep max, it probably doesn't and you may not be physically able to do a set of five as you close in. So that would be a situation where you're going to do triples or single, probably mirroring whatever you're going to do in your working set. So if you're going to do sets of three, as you start to approach your working weight, it probably makes sense to do sets of three. Um, or if you're going to do a single, like just Ryan, like Ryan alluded to, it probably makes sense to do singles as you get closer. Maybe not all the way up, but as you get closer. Um, now, it's a little bit different if you're training for hypertrophy and your weight is, in a relative sense, lower and your reps are, in a relative sense, higher. That's a situation where we may go fives all the way up and then take what is called a potentiating set at or potentially even slightly above your working weight. And so basically what a potentiating set is, is you get to your working weight, let's say you're gonna squat whatever, doesn't matter, make up a number, 285. Um, you're going to take the bar out of the rack and you're gonna hit a set of like one or two, maybe three, and then put it back in. The goal is to work all the kinks and get the shock to your system out before your real set. So that way when you take it out, and then you're going to take a full rest after this. So when you take it out to do your first real one, it doesn't feel like, oh man, like you have the weight of the world on your back. 
And so I found, and so we didn't make this up. This is like a sports science thing, but I found this to be extremely effective, uh, both in terms of clients and myself. And so can't can't advocate it enough. And it goes back to the idea that what is the point of war- warming up? The point of warming up isn't to see how fast you can warm up or how cool you can look or how, what big jumps you can take or whatever. The goal is to set yourself up to safely and effectively execute your working sets. And so we're giving you a lot of examples because there isn't necessarily one right way to do it. Um, The goal is for you, the listener, to be thinking about this and to find the, the cadence of warming up that works for you in a particular movement. The reality is, the caveat is, is that it's different for every single movement. Like machine chest press, you might, or lateral raises or bicep curls, you might be able to warm up a lot faster than you can for deadlift because they're fundamentally very different in terms of how they tax your system. Yeah, and again, we're trying to give you an idea of things to think about as you are warming up um, or good things to put in place, right? So intention um, and making sure that your warm-up actually helps you do what you're trying to do, whatever movement that may be. Um, and then it's on you as, as, as a thinking athlete to then think about what movements are harder for you. Is it, is it a back squat? Is it a deadlift? Um, and, and knowing that you need to carve out a little extra time to make sure that you can warm those up properly so that you're getting the most out of your training. Two things. One, kind of backing up what both of you just said, um, on a heavier deadlift day, it may take me 20 or 25 minutes to warm up to my top weight just because I have to get warm and then it takes a significant amount of time to build up to a heavier weight. The heavier the weight it is, the longer it's going to take. On the opposite hand, it may only take three minutes to warm up for lateral raises, right? How many are you really going to run through the fives, the seven and a halfs, the tens, the 12 and a halfs, and then like, oh, Jesus, I better hit some with the 15s too. It's not going to take that long. Right. Um, the second thing I was going to say is that maybe I think we kind of skipped over that warm-ups can offer a time to work on technique. So maybe this is more for performance-driven clients, but if you have if you're working on a specific technique for a movement so we'll take the bench press which is highly technique driven that's a perfect time to work on getting those things dialed in so obviously if you're only working on things when it's at your top working weight you're likely not going to get any better at the technique itself so those extremely light or sub-maximal warm-up sets are the perfect time to work on that stuff yeah and i think with that uh Two, it's important that your warm-up mimics what you're actually going to do, right? And so, obviously, you said we've, we see clients who are like, oh, my sets are prescribed at 12 reps. You don't want to do that in your warm-up. You don't want to keep doing 12s and 12s and 12s and 12s. However, if you're working sets of a movement, 
have a tempo or a pause, then it is important that somewhere, maybe not that first initial set, but that you actually start doing that in your warm up. So your body knows to where you're not going from like, oh, I'm just going up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And then all of a sudden, oh, I'm going to pause on my chest for three seconds. And you've not done that at all. And now you're at your working weight. And then you're like, oh, crap, I can't get this bar off my chest. Well, it's because you didn't prime your body because you didn't practice that in your warm up. Yeah, I think what we're kind of dancing all around is the fact that you have to be thoughtful. Um, and we see this, unfortunately, people not being thoughtful at all ends of the fitness industry. So conventional gyms, you see people effectively not warming up at all, just getting right into it, uh, putting themselves at huge risk of hurting themselves or being more concerned about how they look when they're warming up. Uh, unfortunately, you see this in like group class type CrossFit settings too, where it goes into these absurd things like EMOM warmups and stuff like that, where that could work for things that aren't super technically demanding or that you're only doing singles of at very like gradually more heavier weights. But frankly, it just don't work for things like deadlifting or back squatting, where the reality is, is if you're sufficiently strong, it takes you a while to warm up safely. Um, and so I think what we want to have everyone consider as a takeaway from this is that your schedule or things like that should not under any circumstance dictate how fast you warm up. Because if you rush your warm up, you are putting yourself at risk of at, at the very least underperforming and frankly at worst like acute injury. Uh, and we've seen it, unfortunately, and so it's one of those things where we have to really be mindful and take our time. And if, if your session's running longer and you're not able to get that in, that's something that you need to communicate with your coach and make those adjustments. But it's not a situation where you just skip your warm-up because you're trying to fit all this stuff in. Or you fall victim to the peer pressure of some kind of group setting and you don't warm up properly because the guy next to you isn't like that's absurd and that's a situation where if, if people are encouraging you to do that that's not a good workout situation um and at the very least you kind of just have to ignore everybody else and make sure you're in a safe position yeah so again at the end of the day i think it's just kind of repeated that we want you to be thinking athletes that involves every aspect of your training from your sleep your nutrition your hydration and obviously your warm-up before you work out cool Public service episode. Uh, take your warm-up seriously. Make sure you do potentiating sets. Make sure you have a good rest of the day. See ya.